This is my beloved son. Listen to him. These words of God the Father resound to us from the gospel reading today, the story of the transfiguration. For many centuries, even before there was a feast of the transfiguration, which dates from the fourth century, uh, the second Sunday of Lent always was Transfiguration Sunday. This was giving us all, as Christ gave to his apostles, a glimpse of future glory, a glimpse of the happiness to come, so that the tragedy of the cross uh, might uh, not uh, disturb us more than it should. Uh, in the uh, Canocatan, the famous hymn of the Byzantine Rite of the Catholic Church, uh, it says, You were transfigured on the mountain, and your disciples, as much as they were capable of, beheld your glory, O Christ our God, so that when they should see you crucified, they would understand that your passion was voluntary and proclaim to the world that you truly are the splendor of the Father. St. Pope John Paul II said, The experience of Jesus' transfiguration prepared the apostles to face the tragic events of Calvary by showing them in advance what will be the full and definitive revelation of their master's glory in the Paschal Mystery. Meditating on this gospel passage uh, on the second Sunday of Lent, we remember that we too are preparing to relive the decisive events of the Lord's death and resurrection, following him on the way of the cross to attain the light and the glory. Uh, the transfiguration was fixed from the 4th century on the 6th uh, of August, and it was extended by Pope Calixtus III in 1457 to the entire church. It had been previously only a Greek holiday in the Catholic Church in Greece. And it was extended because the Pope wanted to celebrate the great victory uh, of uh, the Christian forces in the Battle of Belgrade, when once again uh, the Muslims were attempting uh, to uh, violently take over Europe uh, for the cause of uh, their religion. To strengthen and inspire us in our annual Lenten journey of self-denial and mortification, though, this second Sunday of Advent is particularly valuable to us and to remind us always that uh, the mountain we climb uh, might have some uh, difficulties, this mountain called Lent, but the end of it is joy and happiness and uh, extreme uh, pleasure beyond our ability to comprehend or anticipate. The Easter that we celebrate each year on the fourth Sunday after the first uh, full moon after the vernal equinox. This Easter is a tiny uh, indication, a tiny presage of what is to come and the glory that God has destined for us. We get a glimpse of the eternity that shines at that moment of the transfiguration on Mount Tabor or some theologians, experts say it might have been Mount Hermon because Mount Tabor is there but not a very high mountain. It's on the top of Mount Tabor, however, that the great basilica of the Transfiguration there is, uh, exists, and uh, pilgrims to the Holy Land, as I was in many times, uh, kneel there to pray at that precious site where his 
garments became whiter than any fuller or dyer could make them when his face shone so much glitter that not even the apostles could look at him. When Moses brought down the Ten Commandments uh, from Mount Horeb, from Mount Sinai, uh, he also glowed. Having seen God, his face was so bright the Israelites could not look at him. And so when he talked to them, he had to have a veil over his face. We will have the joy and happiness of seeing Christ unveiled in his full splendor and glory when at the end of our time, at the end of our life, when the end of the world, he is there on the clouds of heaven. But in the meantime, we get through the words of Scripture, this glimpse of his divinity shining through his humanity. We get this wonderful uh, thrill of knowing that uh, uh, Good Friday is not the full story. There's another one that comes after that's much more splendid. But we can't get to that one unless we first climb that mountain and uh, participate in that uh, wonderful gift of Christ's gift of himself. Uh, He was there hanging on the cross, uh, thirsting, uh, suffering uh, beyond our comprehension, uh, thinking of us uh, individually. And somehow or another, in his divine nature, he was able to do that and to remember our sins, our faults, our failings, our shortcomings. But to say not just about those who put him there on that cross, but to say to us, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And to say to us, we trust, uh, if we approach him like that good thief on his right, to say to us in those beautiful words, today you will be with me in paradise. And it is there in paradise that we will encounter him. In the meantime, through the liturgy, we hear his words, the words of the Father about him. This is my beloved son, listen to him. And Basue, the great uh, French uh, preacher, uh, the great French priest, uh, said, uh, those words, listen to him, are not merely to satisfy our curiosity, but they're a command from God himself. Listen to him. It means that we must... Uh, get his doctrine, get his precepts, and we must also get his promises. And we must act on his doctrine with our faith. We must act on his precepts by the way we live and act. We must act on his promises with our hope. And living then in faith, hope, and the acts of charity, we uh, are appropriate uh, to be there with him spiritually and imaginatively on Mount Tabor or Mount Hermon, and to be there to witness this transfiguration. Like Peter, we would like to stay there, but we must go about our business. We must carry out his will. But then uh, at the end of it, coming down from the mountain, he will give us uh, the satisfaction of a participation in his resurrection, in his glory, in his triumph. So let us then rejoice in a certain sense on this second Sunday of Lent as we prepare for the further weeks of this beautiful penitential season, which has its hardships, its difficulties, but which also has so much promise, a great promise of a glorious and splendid tomorrow. It is in this sense that we celebrate then today the transfiguration of the Lord. 
we put deeply into our lives and as a motto of the way we live and act. Those words that God just didn't say to those apostles, Peter, James, and John there on that mountain, but that he says to us, particularly every day when we awake in the morning, when we go to bed at night, uh, and throughout the day when he tells us, listen to him. Amen.